0: Super stoked to have Distro Kids sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe, located in inner southeast Portland. This spot offers free music on a weekly basis as well as other monthly events. Every Sunday from noon to two, you can catch DJs spinning vinyl and local beat makers curating tunes to go along with their delicious cocktails and brunch menu. They've got this banging breakfast sandwich, and aside from the free tunes and the weekend brunch, they've also got a solid lunch and dinner menu throughout the week. And now that it's fall and winter is approaching, Produce Row has their patio covered and heated throughout these rainy months. So if you're feeling stuck inside, this is a great place to come catch some tunes, grab some drinks, and eat some food. Link for Produce Row Cafe will be in the episode notes. Now let's start the episode what is happening everybody welcome back to another episode of the dan cable presents podcast thank you for tuning into the program once again If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Tuesday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast. And just a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing. Appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. If you're not listening on Apple, just hit like, follow, subscribe, wherever you are listening from. You can tap into the podcast on Spotify, which you probably already know. If you're listening to the podcast, you obviously found a way to do so. But, uh, you know, share the podcast with a friend tell somebody about it leave a comment on a social media post whatever it takes to penetrate those algorithms and get more visibility for this thing is uh always helpful and you can also check out the monthly playlist that i've been putting out on spotify and apple those are available every first of the month so that november one is there now links for those are in the episode notes excited to uh, get into episode 332 portland oregon based composer arranger multi-instrumentalist podcaster saroon is on the podcast this week I really dug this chat with a. Al, a.k.a. Saroon. It got heady at times and gave me a lot to think about while listening back. Just uh, the uniqueness of one's personal experience and expressing that through art. We went deep on this one. It's a longer episode, so I want to get into it as soon as possible. Prior to this one-on-one chat that AL and I had a couple of weeks ago, we had never hung out one-on-one. We've uh, hung out in group settings a few times over the last few months, and just my big takeaway from all those experiences that AL is uh, an incredibly kind and thoughtful person and is also an insanely talented musician so it was really nice to get some one-on-one time and get to know each other a bit better and get a better understanding of where the seroon music comes from and learning about the music sensibilities outside of being this player in other people's bands and in my friend Isabel's band who's is the person who introduced us and I think that you can hear in the instrumentation on this Lighthouse Collider record and the arrangements that A.O.L. puts together that uh, this project comes from some very deep thought and wonder and a full range of human emotions so we're going to tease some of that new saroon record lighthouse collider throughout this chat the record comes out next friday november 11th and a couple of the tracks are out now on the streaming services but uh this will be a little bit of a sneak peek of the record with the uh, clips placed throughout the conversation that you will hear so if you dig what you hear make sure you uh tap into the serene spotify and give it a follow or wherever you're listening so you know when that new record is available and outside of being an incredible musician a also is the host of a couple podcasts one being the honest jams podcast that we talk a little bit about during this conversation and then a brand new one that just dropped called Sketches with Songs. Definitely check out Eyal's and my mutual friend Isabeau Wayu Walker's episode as they break down her Rolled Over track, one of my favorite songs from her body record. And all does such a great job on the production on that podcast and making it this engaging listening experience a lot packed into these 15 to 20 minute episodes so the links for all things a and saroon will be in the episode notes a couple things before we get into the chat daniel cable presents fifth annual holidays party is going on at mississippi pizza on december 15th line up to be announced stay tuned for that and uh also every thursday tune in to kink fm here in portland oregon 101.9 every thursday at twelve thirty p.m you can hear me plug a local portland artist and play one of their tracks on mainstream radio which is uh an exciting opportunity to get to do that on the regular. And a big date in regards to my guest on this week's episode the Serune album release show is November 13th here in Portland at the Old Church, which is a beautiful spot. The pews are still in place and uh, is the seating for the venue for the audience, and it's stacked out with uh so many killer musicians on that night. So if you dig what you hear on this episode, make sure you dig into the rest of the Sarune music catalog. Quite a bit to check out there. And we are going to get into episode 332. Big thanks to AL for jumping on the mic's with me for this one That brand new Saroon record Called Lighthouse Collider Due out November 11th And we're gonna kick it off with a track called After a While Let's do the damn thing
1: Rumbling through the mist The tumbling avalanche After disaster The siren Sing to me while. The deafening reckoning beckons you open to who you are now. After the curtain closes, who is the audience soddening now? Holding the moment in all of our minds. After a while, I can't tell the difference. Profit from all of the business potential in this.
0: There's high expectations when when I have somebody on that also hosts a podcast. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, they're going to be great for the conversation.
2: Whoa. Too high of expectations. What I'm really good at is asking
1: questions. So well, maybe those you'll are, get
0: interviewed. And those are welcome too. I will let this become a you know a back and forth conversation. Yeah. I, will, uh, I will shamelessly let you interview me as well. Um, so
2: where did music start in your
1: life?
0: I feel like, you know... At, As someone that is familiar with uh, the Honest Jams podcast, Uh which you um, help host, it's uh, that's often where I like to start is where you like to start. And that's like asking the guests where, you know, kind of want their entry point was to music or like what that mm. earliest memory is so yeah. i'm gonna flip it on you okay all and what is your your earliest memories what is like you your know, entry point into I wonder, music
2: i don't i weirdly i might not have actually talked about this before <laughs> but i don't know um i let's see that De- definitely I guess, okay, so just uh, instinctually, the first thing that pops into my head is this: my grandfather was like a jazz pianist. Um, Not really that professionally when I was like a a kid, but um, I I definitely remember him being at the piano and kind of like seeing the magic of the piano through that so that that's kind of like where i think things started for me and then probably from there just like early piano lessons is kind of what i remember i have this weird memory with piano lessons where it's like i just remember like being able to do it (laughs) You know, I don't remember. I mean, maybe it's just like, I mean, I guess language is the same way. Like, I don't really remember learning language. Yeah. You, know? you don't
0: really remember there being like a learning curve necessarily steps, to Yeah. It.
2: I, I, I do remember my first piano teacher not really, and maybe this was a theme in my childhood in general, like uh, wanting to kind of like run a little faster than my teachers would allow me to initially. So I remember this, that, this, this one book, like Bach to Bartok, I think it was called. And it, you know the composers, and uh, just, I remember kind of like getting how to play those songs in there and somehow not being kind of like encouraged to like go that like dive that deeply into those things i feel like that was kind of like a theme in general and like education in my life and and the way that education seems to be run in this country in general is that it just like the teachers seem much more concerned about like constraining students than allowing them to kind of like explore in their own way you know yeah um so yeah so, so piano was kind of the entry point i would say in many ways um just kind of played it all through my childhood up until uh, yeah now I mean, I've played for more than twenty years so
0: was there other family members that actively played instruments as well? <sighs>
2: yeah my I mean not not really around me with like the adults. Um, my mom was always you know musical, kind of like had a musical that that her family in general um I think like musicals, like the actual. Uh, form was uh really prevalent i remember her singing a bunch of stuff like that and um and she sang when she was younger and stuff but not you know nobody did it like professionally around me but it was very much encouraged like with me and i have two brothers and we all played music growing up we all like had our instrument and stuff and we all took a a moment of playing piano also but um i was really the one that took i would say to piano the most and then that kind of spread uh i I just picked up every instrument i could find after that basically
0: (laughs) (laughs) aside from like maybe not really remembering any sort of like learning curve and just kind of feeling like you know you knew where to be Uh on the on the keys was it uh something that you like gravitated towards pretty naturally too like would you come home from school and want to Mm -hmm. play or
1: I, i my
2: memory of that is not great i mean i definitely resisted practicing like i feel like i i don't know if this is uh arrogant to say or something like i I feel like if i if i had applied myself in that way like i could have very much been like a, a prodigy in that way like i had a natural like technical facility in a way that my peers didn't but i think on some level i i didn't have like the ambition to to do that and that was that's never been what i'm in music for like, you know, as, as a kid, I would definitely get the ego boost out of like, you know, other people seeing that, you know, you're more skilled than them or whatever. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I, I guess I, that's the emotionality of music is kind of the thing. That's always kind of like pushed me and gravitated me towards it. And, um, it, yeah. It, it never felt like that. Yeah. The ambition. So I, I, yeah, I guess to answer your question, I wasn't spending in my mind a lot of time practicing stuff. Um, but I was constantly progressing somehow, <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, I think it just kind of came naturally and, and I, and I had lessons. So, um, either way I was like checking in and I'm sure there was, you know, more practicing than I remember. I was spending more time developing than I remember. But, um, yeah. And, and I think I only kind of learned, even though I had like input on like ideas about how to practice when I was younger, just cause I took classical lessons. Like my parents were very supportive of me learning different instruments, like I had many different classical l- teachers, um, when I was a kid, but, um, only as an adult did I really d- develop a discipline with it. For sure. um,
0: what about like the emotional connectivity to it? Did that seem to be present from a yeah, pretty young
2: age? Yeah. There was always songs that I just like, I mean, it just feel once you learn a song that you connect with, it just feels so good to play it. So, and that's still present. You know, I, I it's more about th- these days it happens more with music that I write just cause I spend much more time playing that music. But once I connect with a song and the feelings behind it. Like it is kind of like addictive. It's like it allows me to um, whatever like emotional thing is inside of me. It allows me to process it. You know, so on some level, you know, it, it can be an unhealthy addiction to, to kind of like <laughs> repeat that emotion over and over again. But sometimes it just takes that to um, like move all the way through the thing. You know, yeah. like you have to actually sit with the emotion.
0: Yeah, I always think that's like a pretty interesting thing and I think you fall under this category to me of people that uh, put out music that is like very revealing of themselves or mm-hmm. like very vulnerable at mm-hmm. times and just the thought of like oh this is going to be something that you have to maybe either keep performing or it's something that you like heavily stewed in while you were like creating the song and like does that help you move past something or does it help you stay stuck in something? Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, one, uh, I actually have played much more with, um, being comfortable with, um, like negative emotions in my music. I've always been fairly comfortable with, with whatever negative means in that context. Like I've always been comfortable with that in my music, but especially in my songwriting, most of the time I like for there to be some kind of twist at the end of the song that um, Ends it in some kind of like hopeful or optimistic yeah. way, and I think it's because of what you're saying because If it ends there, that's the your kind of like final experience So it's like the spell that you just cast ends you in this like, you know Positive state of mind that feels productive or something like that, but I do think It is a bit delusional sometimes so sometimes if if the expression that I want to uh, put out there is something that you know there there are things that linger in the world regardless of whether or not we have an optimistic viewpoint of it you know we're all gonna die you know something like that Um, so to really truly acknowledge those things and like honor them in the way they actually exist sometimes you have to learn to just like sit with them without the resolve
1: Start to change The links of the chain
0: So when did it like get from a point where you were just kind of maybe learning songs that you enjoyed to a point where you were composing your own ideas and maybe expressing yourself through Mm. like lyrics or words in, in some form?
2: So yeah, I played classical music all through high school up until I was like 16. You know, I was doing, I was doing it really hard. Like every high school ensemble that I could be a part of, I was a part of. You know, jazz band, band, choir, um, played a bunch of woodwinds and stuff like that. Got given an accordion, so picked up the accordion, and just you know, uh, there's like uh, competitions all around that stuff. There's like honor bands, and you know that this just there's like a system around the school system. Then like around 16, I, I I dropped out of high school and started kind of taking some, um, college level music classes and then like finishing high school stuff on my own. Um, and just got kind of like burnt out, um, of that style of music. And, uh, then I, yeah, after, then after high school, I just kind of like I had all my instruments. I took them along. I still very much identified as a musician in many ways, but I just kind of like didn't know exactly how music would live in my life. Yeah. Um, And then, so, so I basically just didn't play music for, I don't know, six, eight months or something, probably like, you know, not the super long time in this grand scheme yeah. of things, but took a break for what I had been doing in general. And, um and then spontaneously just started writing songs just started getting interested in that and yeah there was no real purpose to it initially either than it just kind of like interested me as an art form i think you um, just
0: needed something fresh to do in, yeah. in the music realm that wasn't like a part of these like large ensembles or
2: um i think it's more the self-expression thing that we were talking about where it's just kind of like i i think i i felt i still needed that ability to express myself in that way and i wasn't i just wasn't getting that from anything around me and i wasn't living in a place that i moved to bend um just with some friends for whatever reason did and, you grow up like in the portland in, in area ashland. okay um yeah i grew up in ashland i was actually born in israel but uh, grew up in ashland
0: okay so pretty small town small town not tons of other musicians around you to well,
2: ashland is very artsy fartsy and has a you know as far as the music like that type of music classical music um it it attracts a really skilled artistic faculty to like the university over there um so i had really great teachers um growing up but yeah i never i was just talking about this with friends i didn't until i moved to portland i didn't really ever have any models of like how to be the type of musician that I am in the world, you know so I, I never really saw examples of anything like that. I lived in Eugene after Bend for i don't know for a few a few years I think till yeah, and uh yeah, even down there, I didn't really ever see you know that that's more of like house shows and like the venues there are not particularly like growing a music scene or anything like that um so yeah, I think it It really, I don't know how I rambled to this, but it really took until I moved to Portland <laughs> to really start seeing other musicians doing the thing and uh, dreaming up ways that I would be doing it myself.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's such a, seems to be like a key thing is like yeah. seeing other people do the thing and it's like, oh, this is a tangible thing. This yeah. is something like, this is how I want to like express my, my music or you know just having some some sort of like wherewithal for like what people are doing or the spaces that they're doing it in
2: yeah it's so the everything every life path is like extremely opaque you know like i mean there's there's some that are like fairly straightforward like if you want to um be a dishwasher (laughs) you know it's pretty it's easy to understand how to get a job being a dishwasher you know um or there's just some basic things where you can kind of like there's systems put in place for like how to navigate that path and um attain those goals but you know from like making a podcast or whatever like there's no rules to how to like make that be a successful thing in the world um and there are certainly people that have done it but how to gain access to those people is you know very different most people don't put their emails just available to everybody all the time especially these days right Um, especially in the press world like the press world is don't get me started (laughs) but it's it's so it's an interesting combination of like you kind of have to like know people that are doing it or see other people around you that are doing it and um, other examples that are Um, you see like the spirit in which that person like lives their life. And then you can kind of like apply that to your life and figure out how it works for you. And then there's also like this thing that doesn't always feel positive to me, but it's just the way humans work, which is like there's a lot of nepotism involved in it. You know, like people like to help out their friends and I I like to help out my friends and that it's, it's kind of like it's about navigating that whole world and gaining access to people genuinely it gets weird though because it's like I I personally can't like none of my friendships revolve around any of that stuff that involves like getting me ahead in those ways but it's a natural fact of being a human that that's how you how things work in the world
0: yeah absolutely and it's like I don't know I constantly am thinking about the people that have helped me or given me those opportunities. So totally. it like makes me super want to like return that. Like whenever I feel like I have the opportunity to, yeah. you know, help someone out or just like be like, Hey, have you tried doing this thing? Or yeah. like, do you know this person or like, you know, Connecting. there's, there's been so many of those times and like, So much of all of this is just like showing up and being around it.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, totally. Yeah. If you if you right if you want to play shows, start going to see other people's shows. I mean, it's just uh, so many things worth. If you want to have love in your life, start showing people around you love. You know, it's like (laughs) these things are all cyclical. But the, the 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 only thing with the nepotism part of it is that I think because we are such biased creatures, it is. I think really imperative to look beyond your biases and your friendships around you, and look for places where you can provide opportunity for people that are on the outside. Um, I think part of the reason I am focused on that in many ways is because that's how I've felt my entire life. You know, like I was born in in a different different country, moved to the United States, and I never have felt like attached to any of these cultures that I'm around in any way you know it always feels like you know growing up in Ashland is like nobody else looks like me except for like my younger brother you know um uh, like playing music you know like nobody around me is playing the music that I'm playing or um you know, even just like personality style, like, I'm, you know, I don't find a lot of people that interact the way yeah. that I interact, <laughs> ask people questions the way that I ask people questions and, uh, sexuality, like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't fucking care like what gender I am or anything like that. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter to me, Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's part of the way human brains work seems to be that. They, we like like categorization and um and then as a result of that we like things that are similar to us in many ways and um I've always related to much more ambiguity than that it's just nothing feels certain in those ways that we like to you know it makes us feel good when we think they're certain but nothing yeah. really feels that certain to me
0: yeah I don't know it, it feels uh more whole to me to get to interact with a bunch of different people. Totally. And like, this is, I don't know. The the podcast is like a big reason for that is yeah. that I've like thrown myself in the room with strangers so many times over the last seven years Yeah, that like you get kind of hip to some different ideas or like different people's lifestyles or like why certain issues are important. Mm-hmm. Once, once you get to like explore outside of yourself or explore outside of the people that maybe like just Get you right away, or I don't know, you connect on the same things totally. Because you know? that's that's also nice. Is oh, like when you're in the room with other people that you just feel like you're thinking on the exact same wavelength yeah but it doesn't really challenge you necessarily exactly
2: yeah yeah i mean it's a, whatever everybody's talking about you know the bubbles in the yeah. world and that kind of <laughs> stuff but it's that's definitely what happens if you sequester yourself off in one kind of like group of people that all have the same idea about everything then there's no room to have a dissenting voice in there kind of like push the boundaries right. and then there's no growth and i i think it's Yeah, completely arrogant to think that, like, I have the ideas that, like, humanity should move with moving forward, (laughs) you know, forever. It's like history has clearly shown that, like, the humans of the past are, like, abhorrent, you know, like, (laughs) terrible behavior from, like, the most, like, righteous-seeming people of the past just because of the culture that they grew up in, so yeah i think acknowledging that that is a part of what people are is important and you know obviously holding them responsible for their actions is also useful but for sure (laughs) understanding where their actions are coming from i think is even more useful
0: Because you had um, maybe felt like an outsider in some way, did uh, when you started composing your own tunes and expressing yourself through lyrics, did that um, feel like it was like really empowering or like was like giving you an opportunity to like settle? somewhere or at least have a place for your your ideas yeah that made a little more sense
2: for for me i mean i've never had uh, part of the reason i can identify with as being an outsider is because i've never had the um like positive reinforcement from the public to like keep going with the music you know in a in a significantly large way so I it had to live in that space of like it being an expression just for me, you know? It, it it's it's like the safest space in my life is my artistic expression, partially because I don't have to explain myself in it, you know? Um you know, metaphors an easy tool to kind of like move around specific ideas and also doesn't hold me to having the artistic expression be like one specific thing um but also um because that's what i like authentically just believe it's for partially it's for me as an individual to like express myself in the world um and uh allow for that to be an okay thing and then Uh, the performance element of it or like presenting it in in front of other people. My hope with that is that it's like a beacon basically. And then it, 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 it shows an example because of like what we were saying earlier about like, you have to see other people around you doing those things sometimes to know that it's possible for yourself. So my hope is that if people see somebody doing those things they're not going to express it in the same way I do because we're all have our own unique thing, but I hope that it uplifts them to find that in themselves for sure. And podcasts. I mean, this is a great form for that too, where you can have an authentic conversation in front of people and be like, look, this is how people can actually interact with each other. We don't have to just like talk about random shit that doesn't matter to us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> and just like, I don't know the idea that, you know, people exploring the creative process whatever level they're doing it at I think is is still important to like know where it comes from you know whether you're some well-known artist across the globe or if you're just an independent artist in some yeah. random city you know like all of those like it doesn't matter to me what level it's on like, totally I've had plenty of people that you know have 20 followers on Instagram yeah, you know drop like a very important nugget to me that I've like held on to like that's like affected my own process you know totally
2: yeah it's because part like the point is that I want everybody to be doing that like in, in their way you know like I think it's important to honor people like we're so this culture is so obsessed with like celebrity status or that that kind of thing you know it's considered better to be the person that is making art that is like seen by more people and that just feels like the wrong metric to me like it feels like what we what's more important is to be like art is for everybody and more like for me this is kind of like uh, ideas that I get from this uh, psychoanalyst Eric Fromm do you know that guy I don't um he influenced uh, this uh, feminist writer bell hooks who wrote this book called all about love and um he has this this book uh return to freedom or something anyway uh, he's all about you know like the the way that um love exists in this culture has more to do with kind of like uh, like this capitalist framework of um like seeing yourself as kind of like worthy of a certain thing on like the relationship market or something like that right we we kind of like match ourselves to other people that we think are like at similar levels of yeah. the relationship market um and that it, that creates uh that's just like a, a different idea than uh uh having it be this thing that's generated as a result of like the way that you live your life It's not this thing that you're like attempting to um, attain or anything like that. It's like a way of being that you're attempting to maintain in yourself. And I think that's accessible to everybody. And I think the artistic perspective is that that naturally creative way of being is kind of the way that anybody can live through their own like perspective right so it, it doesn't actually have to be that you're making like quote unquote art you know it could be that you're whatever fixing toilets or something like that but you can find the way that for you that kind of like becomes a creative act and Absolutely. then that become like there's a fulfillment in that cuz then you get to have the self-expression part of it exist. Yeah, there.
0: for sure. And you can, I don't know, you can hear that in the way people talk about things that they're passionate mm-hmm. about too. Exactly. Like I've been watching a lot of Chef's Table, the pizza version. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. And just like listening <laughs> to these people talk about but making they, pizza. They just love it. It's like, I'm not making pizza, I'm making art. And it's uh-huh. just like, whoa. <laughs> it's like, it's very, you know, there there's a lot of thought and a lot of depth to this thing yeah. that, that like some, some people would just see as making pizza you know totally not have um so many layers to it
2: yeah and i think i think the main the the kind of uh fundamental piece of that is like presence really like kind of like getting in the zone with whatever thing that you're doing you know it's that kind of like completely letting your intuition take over and yeah the, the create in the moment what you want to have happen in the world whether or not it's a song or whatever
0: yeah for sure whatever taps into that presence yeah where you're just floating above
2: yeah <laughs> totally
0: so was it uh was it scary for you when you started kind of revealing yourself in that way and and putting out music of your own or maybe sharing it with uh, friends or family initially? Scary. I
2: would say I've always been like a little bit disappointed with the amount of people that are paying attention. You know, I'm not particularly good at the the marketing aspect of it or anything like that. Um, Getting people to come out to shows has always been a weakness of mine. <laughs> um, but I've, I've, I've weirdly, I think because I've in many ways been like felt the aloneness of life. Like since I was, I, I, I became, I brought up death already earlier, but I became acutely aware of death, like pretty early on in my life um, through my grandma dying. And just re- wrestled with it like in so you know v- various iterations all through my life basically I, the anxiety isn't there in the same way anymore but um, but knowing that I think brought me a pretty deep awareness of kind of like the aloneness of what it means to be a person and like you know, just that, that it's just, that's all you have is really your own experience, you know? And, um, I think that coupled with like this feeling of like outsiderness or something like that kind of means that I don't, just don't care. Like I just don't, it, I'm just going to do, like I never find, and, and probably also coupled with like that, that ego thing that I mentioned earlier of just being a a younger kid that had uh, like more technical skill than everybody else around me with music that I think gave me a certain level of confidence that at the very least, like I thought what I was making was good, you know? Um, And I guess I just don't like, I care about other people's reaction to it if it's positive positive if they like it and are attracted to it, like I, I welcome that and love it, but I don't really care that much because I'm, what I'm interested in in many ways is like breaking through the veil of that like judgment that uh, it just, uh, I want everybody to be doing that in the world. So yeah, I think that's the main focal point for for it all. So this
0: is why I don't do, uh, I don't know. I feel like there there has been this opportunity in the past, like since I've kind of like entered into the press world, which is uh-huh. I don't know. It's a weird thing to me because like yeah. for the most Especially part, now. I feel like this is like a pretty creative thing for me, and yeah, I yeah. don't like. I hate like the idea of being the enemy, like uh-huh. almost famous. Like talks about oh that, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, the the kid, he's the enemy, like because he's the he's the press, and I've never like wanted to necessarily be in this like position of like a gotcha thing like i don't want this podcast this mm-hmm. this like conversation to be like i'm gonna get you to say something <laughs> like or like you know or <laughs> well or just say whatever like, you want me to say <laughs> or, or just like the idea of like doing like i don't want to do reviews of albums uh-huh Because I don't, like, find any value in the ones that will be be just me criticizing this thing. Yeah. Because it's like, no, this just didn't land for me. Totally. And there's probably a bunch of people that really like fuck with this thing yeah, yeah.
2: right yeah i mean nickelback <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> yeah that
0: i mean that's like the, the prime example. example right <laughs> yeah. it's just like yeah they're the punchline. but there's also like selling out arenas probably totally. still and it's just like there's there is a place for it and you know in, yeah in 15-year-old me's little heart there was a place for it
2: <laughs> i've been to a dave matthews band concert. <laughs> i'll admit it well that tastes yeah it's also it doesn't yeah it doesn't i mean criticism is important i think use and useful i don't it's like or it's just fun like i like talking about art with people yeah. so if that's what you mean by criticism like let's just like talk about this thing but yeah, I don't know. I, I just partially, I think, because of the, yeah the ambig- the way I, the ambiguous way I see the world in general, it just doesn't good or bad don't really enter that equation really. Yeah, and
0: there's like. I feel like there's so much want for those things where you're just like taking things down a peg right now where yeah. there's like a big market for like someone just like destroying yeah. something that someone has
2: put out. Yeah, <laughs> create all the outrage you can.
0: <laughs> I don't want to be a part of that right now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's not doing anything for me.
2: No, I don't even pay. I mean, I try not. I don't think pay attention to especially with art. Yeah. I mean, I can't art art. Pre- press for music right now is just like I don't even know what the fuck they're doing like out there it just seems like it's like people are regurgitating press releases it's, oh, the it's, way all, that it's
0: all it is <laughs> Press it's, <happens>. it's insane <laughs> it blows my mind yeah
2: it's just but. like weird propaganda and, and yeah nepotism is the way you make it happen if you know the right <laughs> people that are gonna reprint your press release for you then, that's yeah. <laughs> the, then you can get it done and then people think that you got a good review or yeah
0: whatever. do you want to put this thing out that I already wrote for <laughs> yeah. you pretty much you, you don't know? have to listen
2: to the album even if you don't want right? to <laughs> just put it on your prominent website <laughs>
0: i'm just gonna say all the buzzwords that you oh, yeah. you had in yours like when you sent me the record i was just like so this
1: <laughs> yeah it's
2: i wonder where it's gonna go with that i mean i think this this medium is great for that stuff because it you know it just uh it, it for for me it's a lot easier to consume in many ways you know you can kind of passively consume audio in a way that reading doesn't really work and it's just like websites these days just seem like they're a mess to read too so it's like it's kind of taxing to try to read one of those articles
0: yeah my hopes is that you know you have you like actually get a sense of like who someone is through the conversation and not just like a five minute interview that was kind of like spliced together, totally. you know, cause like, I don't know, I've had so many of those moments and maybe it's like something I really enjoy about maybe the singer songwriter kind of format where people are talking about their tunes before they're playing them mm-hmm. or after it just like really gives people this other thing to attach themselves to. Yeah, Like where maybe they didn't, I don't know, maybe someone listening didn't know if they loved your music at yeah. this point and then totally. they get to hear you say something that is like oh but i connect with this person and that's helping me connect with their art more and now i understand it differently
2: yeah yeah i mean that's the an integral part of some people you know isabeau like that that's an integral part of her creative process yeah. and the way she presents herself on right. stage and it's it's part of the art you know for for people that most musicians don't like to talk on stage in my experience, but for the people that do like that, that is part of the reason that people like them is because of that. They get to see that element of their personality and then relate to them more in that way.
0: Absolutely. So as far as where you're at now in the process, Mm -hmm. is it uh, has the way you've kind of like felt that vulnerability of like expressing yourself do you feel like that it's it's changed a lot over the years since starting the Saroon project and like where you're at now with like the new record that just came out? Does yeah. that does it feel like you're revealing yourself any differently or that you are? I don't know. You just personally feel differently about
2: yeah. sharing it with people. Well, many things have changed. Um, one is my understanding of like process of releasing music you know i've put out a bunch of records and have a podcast where i um, write and record a song every week that that is um we call the songs demos you know in that podcast so it it's really low pressure releases in that way Um, but i would say that this record in particular uh i i focused more i've always written from a you know my perspective on the world or something like that or even like unique experiences that I've had but generally there's a bit more of like almost like an objective detachment of being like here this is like my critique of society or something like that or you know like it's not personal in aside from the few things that are like direct storytelling things from my life or something like that it's not like directly personal and i think this record feels like these are the things that i've been like wrestling with and thinking about like for my whole life and my whole experience and so um there's something that feels a little more personal about that element of it
0: yeah no i think you know throughout like the lighthouse collider record i think that there's just like a very nice balance of the the mystery and the the Mm -hmm. metaphors but Mm -hmm. also you know it feels like you're offering some revealing moments of your of yourself like Uh throughout as well so it's like there's that element of it and then there's there's just like a lot of moments and lines i Mm -hmm. think that like stick out to me Mm -hmm. like with the Is it Desidera? Uh huh. That that track you have the that line of the only real place to live is your heart.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like that. That's one of those things where it's like, oh, that gave me a lot to think about. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's I mean, back to death. Like that's basically that song. I mean, yeah, that song. That's that. So that one was. There's a mixture of songs that were written for the podcast and songs that are kind of like old songs. That one was written for the podcast and somehow just came out. It, It was just this like. Sto- that's actually kind of like in many ways the least authentic song on the record because it's just like a story that i made up um but i i mean l- like i said death has always been very close to me and that one very intimately involves death and it it, it also i think yeah is help it the, the culture that that's just the way like ideas and stuff work um, is we're all just kind of like trusting each other to like hold each other's memories in our hearts yeah. and you know, that's if everybody forgets you're gone. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: The death thing has like affected me heavy over like the last four years. Like it, it took yeah. losing like a close friend mm. for for it to like feel that real. I don't know if real is the right word, but yeah, no, for sure. I was like, I don't know. The like my grandma passed when I was like 13 and an aunt, but mm-hmm. They were also people that lived kind of far away, and mm. I had like a handful of experiences with them. Yeah, but I just don't know that it like hit me the same way as being like in my mid thirties and like yeah losing a friend. That yeah. that's like Damn. what put it like into perspective for me of like the death thing and yeah. like like thinking, more
2: did it connect you more to like you like you dying yourself? I think or? like
0: I don't know. There's always the anxiety of that. Yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> but I think more in the sense of like, it's like, oh, like, you know, just the cliche thing of like, time is like finite. And yeah. Like I should truly be pursuing the things yeah. that I want to be doing and like living a meaningful life. But then also the power of what you're saying is like, it's on me to like keep the spirit of this person mm. alive in some way. You mm. know, it's, it's, it's alive as, as much as I want it to be, I think mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah.
2: That's know? dangerous though. Cause you don't want to feel guilty for not <laughs> feeling
0: like, Oh yeah. Yeah. There, there is like that element of it too, yeah. but it's, uh, I don't know. It's just like an interesting thing to yeah. like feel the spirit of someone in so much of like, daily life or whatever Mm. just like the relics you choose to like surround yourself with
2: yeah totally and yeah that their resonance and i mean everything is that way you know it's all just kind of like these ideas you know where it all lives really is in our consciousness as individuals and so it's all really just these ideas that are bouncing around you so everything you surround yourself is that way and you can carry yeah the spirit of it or the memory of it forward with you And then it's like, it's also like what you're saying where the the acknowledgement of it. I mean, I, this is uh, multiple times a day. I think about death usually. And, um, a lot of times it's just like background noise or like generalized anxiety. But when I really like acknowledge it and connect with it, it's like, okay, well, so that's going to happen. What are you going to do about it? You know? And so it's like, you're saying like, okay, I want to spend my time doing the things that I care about and sometimes that does involve you know vegging out on the couch or yeah. whatever or just <laughs> going and hanging with a friend or walking around or you know anything like that it doesn't have to be like passionately yeah, intensely <laughs> pursuing things all the time it does to be like
0: whatever. these significant Next things all the, the time
1: rest is really <laughs> lovely sometimes you said <laughs> you were leaving that made it okay as you took my hand Through the fire Escape down the hatch In the dress That you tore On your way down The days and the years How they pass But always remember Your skin In the moonlight And the days That she told me Your biggest successes Holding the phone Too far from your lips And the day that you told me How it would end You said the diagnosis Is the same for us all The only real place left to live Is your heart
0: So when you you think about like The daily Maybe anxiety of like the death Are you thinking about like how you are leaving the people behind that are connected to you or are you thinking about no, like what like what what is it that you are typically like maybe wrestling with
2: it's more egotistical it's it's like me being gone forever whatever like the the actual experience of like okay, but then it's also like it's you know every- every moment is is the same on some level also yeah. so it's like it doesn't. On some level, nothing changes.
1: Yeah, the world (laughs) keeps
2: moving. Yeah, I've done mushrooms out in the (laughs) desert. (laughs)
1: You you know,
2: but yeah, I think the the main the the infinity of non existence. Yeah, but it's it's like you're saying, like you've done mushroom, like you can also experience these states of ego loss, timelessness in this way, and frankly, if if that's the question is whether or not there's even experience there at all, you know that that that's the hard thing to wrestle with. But if if there isn't, it's also like it's as the, the same as the last moment that passed already, you know. We aren't experiencing those either.
1: Heavy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's all a mind fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I certainly, like I've been saying, like I don't know. You know, that's the. the I think that's when I when I was thinking about the, this record, like there there's so many conflicting ideas that are happening in it um that i i I really feel like i'm not attempting to like give any answers you know with it it's more that it's just these are the ideas that have kind of like been floating around my head for a long time
0: yeah it feels like a very like human experience to me too like Mm. listening to it i really dig the way you like create tension Mm. within the record whether it's like instrumentally or like things that you're doing with your your vocal but there's just like a lot of
2: well my vocal provide a lot of tension because people hate hearing it (laughs) it's like what this guy sounds like a fucking weirdo
0: but also it feels like it's like this very like um thought out front to back experience you know is is that what you gravitate towards when you're listening to something is it like usually long form yeah a lot
2: um i I like records (laughs) yeah um and i generally construct my all my records to be listened to all the way through consistently um it's it's rare that i will compose like every song on an album for the album itself like I said like some of these songs are like podcast songs some of these songs are songs that I just wrote before but I generally will go into the studio knowing the order of the songs um and how I want them to like transition in between each other um this one I I knew what songs and what order that I wanted to th- and and then generally I'll I'll have kind of like instrumental like transitional things yeah. that fly in between the songs and kind of like connect everything together and give it that kind of long form tension and release feel that you're saying. Um, But how that comes together is always a bit random. Like this one, like I recorded all the songs uh, with Ryan Oxford at the, um, what's this, the center for sound light and color therapy. And then all the kind of like transitional stuff in between I recorded in this space, destination universe by myself and just kind of like I had a four track set up and just like, played a bunch of stuff and then took that from the four track and you know ran it through a bunch of effects and things like that and then just kind of like picked out moments that kind of worked in between but there's always yeah kind of like thematic through line I think about the um, subtle kind of like um, there's an arc to it you know like even if it's it's an emotional arc there's kind of like a story that I feel like I'm telling and generally it's like I was saying earlier like even though there's the darkness like I always like to end with a little bit of light at the end yeah for (laughs) sure
0: and I think yeah I I think you can feel that in the instrumentation Uh as well oh yeah and just like how you kind of weave in and out of you know maybe these moments of tension into the moments of relief and Mm. I think like it just feels like to me if you kind of maybe listen to like a song or two off this record you wouldn't you would miss out
2: on a lot i know i have the hardest time picking which singles to release ahead of time because i'm like what is the most represent (laughs) at some point i was just like fuck it i'm just gonna release the ones that i feel like making a music video
0: (laughs) (laughs) and like with those you know maybe those instrumental transition tracks yeah are those typically like afterthoughts after everything is in place and like figuring out how to bridge those gaps or like some of those things that you were just like fucking around with that are just like instrumental demos that are maybe laying around that Uh, seem to make sense
2: i usually i always compose it for yeah with the knowledge of what it's you know what it's transitioning in between so like i know where it's coming from and where it's going um and yeah they're 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 always composed for the thing but it's they, they generally involve improvisation and me figuring it out um, but each, for every record, it's been kind of a different process. Like this one was made in the studio that I've made on some of my records. Like I recorded with a band and, uh, it's like the band just gets together and we're like, let's figure out how to get from one place to another. There's one record I made that like all of them were recorded in like caves around the, uh, Southwest and stuff like that. So there, there was all, you know, just me kind of, I, I knew, yeah, like I was saying what songs they were going in between, but I was just fucking around and trying to figure it out. And then I took all that stuff later and figured out how to make it work. You know, the ears, like I was saying earlier, like people like categorization and like they like to make sense of things in general. So it, I, I think you can let people's brains and emotions do a lot of the work for you if you just kind of like line things up in a certain way. Just kind of, there's a sense that it makes, even if it wasn't made for that moment.
0: Hey, everybody, I just wanted to take a minute to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by North 45 Pub, located in the Alphabet District of Northwest Portland. They've got a killer selection of Belgian beers and an extensive liquor wall of over 200 bottles. The fall and winter months are upon us, and North 45 has a rotating cocktail menu to keep you warm throughout the rainy and cold season. The rosemary garlic fries are my go to item on the food menu. The fry sauce is absolutely lights out, and their kitchen staff is always getting creative with daily food specials. Aside from it being a great neighborhood bar for food and drinks, they've got one of the best patios in the city, which is heated and covered. The patio has a ton of TVs so you can watch all your favorite sports, and on Sundays from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., they've got local DJs spinning jams, curating the music, both on the patio and inside the bar. So come through for some tunes and some food. Let's get back to the episode. Do you find it like equally important to have the the alone time making a record along with, you know, maybe like the collaboration that happens or getting into the studio yeah. with Ryan and doing stuff opposed to you I being mean, I, in this room alone creating?
2: Yeah. I, I I mean, I do so much alone creating for the podcast just because that's kind of the easiest way to bang out a demo and it goes so much faster by yourself you know where you you know you you lay down a part and then you know exactly what you just did so you're like oh yeah on the third one like I know what to play when I play bass on this now I know kind of like where to put the accent and that kind of stuff so demoing stuff out generally goes like that like my songwriting has always been pretty independent when I do play with other people it it always like my philosophy around that has always been that even if I wrote a part uh, I really don't I'm not that attached to it and I want them to feel ownership over the part and their personal like that's the magic of collaboration is for them to bring themselves into it so I always want them to kind of like play it the way that they feel it themselves this record uh, I didn't i you know it's just budget or whatever i just played everything i i I like intensely practiced all the parts you know there's clarinet bassoon accordion like there's a bunch of instruments on this thing and uh i just intensely practiced all the parts i knew i only had a certain amount of time with the ryan we were going to tape so i was like i gotta get these parts all yeah, done for sure. so there's a lot of first takes on all this stuff and second takes that kind of stuff and uh uh I just, I, I, had a, I had, it was the most regimented I'd ever been in the studio where I, I mean, I've done this a couple of times with other players too, where I bring them in and I know what parts they're going to play. But um, yeah, I basically like laid down everything that I could in like, I think it took a day or uh, two two days, I think, something like that. And then um, my pal Lily Brashears came in. She played harp on the thing. She laid down some harp and um, vocals. And then every song also has a different backup singer on it. So they all... I had sent them all the the demos ahead of time, and they just came in and crushed it. And they all just you know they're all pros, so they just did it in yeah. a, a few takes. And the time is the of the essence in the studio. So. Yeah, and it's also if you if you have a limited amount of time, you're just forced to just make decisions and move forward. You know,
0: I was going to ask you about that. That must have like forced a different type of creativity when you're under those constraints.
2: I'm that's what I'm most used to doing, um, because that's just. The way i love to work the most and what also just feels the most effective to me like make as many decisions in the recording process as you can to reduce the amount of decisions you have to make in the later processes which allows for less flexibility later on and you know there's a certain amount of perfectionism that you have to let go in that process and if i had more money I would spend more time like perfecting those things I think, but I'm not ever convinced that that results, you know, you hear about fucking whatever Dr. Dre taking 200 takes to get yeah. the right take or whatever. I'm not convinced that that actually was the best take. Right. You know, like right. I don't know if that actually matters to like a listening audience because you get so deep in it yourself when you're doing it over and over again that you lose perspective of the yeah. things. So
0: I just don't know how you have any of that. Like, initial ideas energy exactly anymore
2: when you are doing that 200th take totally yeah i mean sometimes you can you get a practiced take which is cool you know like you you get it exactly the way that you want it to be in certain ways but um there is a magic that seems to be often lost and like a you know making so many demos in my life like i i do find that the recordings i make after that sometimes are don't quite have the magic that the demos had and it's inexplicable in many ways like sometimes it's like the shitty way that i recorded it that was the thing that was actually that made the song
0: just captures that energy in a different way (laughs) and then yeah recreating it is is difficult
2: wait so you do you you write songs right
0: Yeah, a little bit i don't know it's it's not like something that's a a huge part of my life anymore but I, i certainly like pick up the guitar every once in a while and still like throwing down some some new ideas and that's always
2: like it to be more of a part of your life uh,
0: i don't know to be honest with you yeah i i've you know as we were talking about before we got on the mics like the podcast has become like a very creative thing for me so i feel like i i get like some of that same feeling out of it and i mean it's obviously like very different like you but, yeah, I feel like I, I do also have my moments on this podcast where I do get to, like, reveal something about me or, like, yeah. my feelings towards something. And I, I think that that was, like, always a big part of the music thing. And yeah. maybe I used it a little bit more as a confessional in, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. That's a good that's question. And people that listen question. to it a lot
2: also, they, I mean, even if they hear you asking the same types of questions over and over again. or You know, this happens to me all the time where I'm just like, gosh, I'm just repeating the same fucking thing I yeah. say every single time. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the people that consistently listen... Like they you know, they th- through those even those kind of interactions they get a sense of like who you are as a person or yeah. the tone of your voice or whatever. They know what's important you get to me thing probably. You know? Like, I've I've heard you, you know, like I've I have you know, you meet somebody for the first time and they're like, I've heard you in my ears before. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. fucking weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't even know,
2: I don't know how either. we got to oh, the songwriting,
0: songwriting question. But writing.
2: You you writing songs. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: do it from time to time. Yeah. But that is always something I've uh struggled with like it It always irritates me if I don't put the voice memo recording on before I pick up the guitar Mm. because I'm bound to like do something that I really liked and then I can't recreate it
2: like that was the one
0: and like I don't often like write down any lyrics anymore I just Mm. kind of like memorize them oh yeah or I'll like play back the voice memo yeah and I'll like lose what I thought was so great totally in that moment and then I'm stuck for like an hour trying to recreate or like any, I, I think that's like the most uh, that's my biggest put off to like working on music is that like when I try to set up a microphone intentionally and record something in, I just don't feel like, I feel like I lose everything mm-hmm. that I enjoyed about the that, thing. <laughs> that, red, that red light. Maybe it's like too many bad experiences of like recording music as a younger person and doing 20 takes yeah. like on a vocal or something like that just because I probably needed 20 takes cause I didn't sure. know what I was doing yet yeah. or like what I like wanted to deliver or communicate. Mm-hmm. But I've been DJing a lot the last couple of years and that I I feel like is giving me like the opportunity to perform music in some way in front of people mm. But also, like, lets me do the thing I really love doing, and that's just, like, being a fan of other people's music mm-hmm.
2: and getting to, like, streamline that somehow.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: so, you're like, watch this. I'm going <laughs> to their brain right now. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That, that uh, songwriting process, I, I uh, have this name for that kind of thing. Uh, I always call it the Darwinian Uh, method of songwriting because it's like survival of the fittest you know with with song lyrics it's like in order for like this song lyric to survive it has to be so good that i can't forget it when i come back to it (laughs) that's a good rule i like that (laughs) well it takes a long time to write a song
1: (laughs) if you do it that way (laughs)
2: so
0: like as far as doing the uh doing the podcast the honest james podcast you've been doing that for a Good amount of time a now. There's like close like to 100 episodes, right? right? for
2: the p- uh, 150, I think, even. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nowhere near what you got going on. Oh. But- <laughs> <laughs> this is not a competition <laughs> <day> at <laughs> all. No, I'm just saying it's a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, how much what you've been going for? I mean, almost I can't remember seven when you, years. There's seven like years,
0: 330 yeah. of them weekly. Now. Yeah, yeah.
2: Damn, you missed a week.
0: I haven't missed a week since I oh. went to a weekly format. Oh, so, okay. like the first oh, like shit. four months, I did every other week and oh, like yeah. I don't know oh every other week. you know the original format I was trying to like figure out what the release date was and like didn't really like have a set one yeah and then, right so I was doing like two a month yeah and then I don't know pretty early on it went to like a weekly thing and there's there's been a week or two where like I fell behind by a few days and it came out a few days late yeah and now it's like I don't know it's a it, it's become its own discipline to me totally of like how long can I really do this? <laughs> the and streak is alive. Yeah, and I don't know if it's like <laughs> if I'm going to disappoint myself, totally, or the people listening more <laughs> when I miss that week because, like, I don't know. There was like a couple of weeks ago where I just ended up doing a solo one because I canceled a bunch of episodes because I was just like having some issues with my ears and oh yeah, damn, like so. I think even in that episode,
2: I talked about like, I don't
0: know what it is, but I don't want to miss a week of doing this
2: and it's worthwhile showing up is worthwhile. You know, like that I mean, you were asking about the honest jams one and that that's kind of the main thing that I've found with it is it's like that's that's the main skill of any craft, you know, anything in life. It's just like keep doing it like, you know, it's I don't you know I was saying earlier like I had this whatever I was like more technically gifted than other kids um grown up but in no way do I think I was actually like a better musician than other people or anything like that and I've never thought that I'm like exceptionally talented as a musician like I meet people who fucking you know they they hear anything that you play and they know exactly how to play that thing like right away like I don't have that skill I don't have like I can play a bunch of instruments and that's really useful for recording music but that's only because I've just like spent a lot of time playing a right. lot of instruments, right. you know, like it's not that complicated of a formula to like get skill good at something. And I, right. I don't, i have maybe I'm like exceptionally talented or something, but I've never found a skill in my life where that's not the case. You know, if you just like devote yourself to that thing, I, I by the way, I doubt that it's because I'm exceptionally talented. It's <laughs> the point of that statement, not that I actually think
1: that that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that's how we're gonna end this one <laughs> no the repetition is like such a big part of it yeah and getting comfortable with it and it's just streamlining like
2: streamlining your process
0: yeah it's often I mean it's just like you're saying it's just like the people that keep doing it are the ones that are still doing it yeah. it's like
2: and get better at I mean yeah. I'm sure you're better at you know editing your podcast than when oh, you first started editing and hopefully whatever.
0: I'm better at like facilitating a conversation that oh, I was yeah. you know and being like so worried about I was think, it,
2: was that a natural kind of thing that you had going on before? Uh,
0: or was that a skill that you, it's both. I yeah. think it's, it's like the desire that I always wanted to have like some sort of radio show mm. of some sort, like always had an interest in like, I don't know. I thought I was gonna be like a sports broadcaster when I was a little kid, mm. you know? So like. I think I've do you
2: always have a sports broadcaster voice. Like, I don't know that you can put on. I don't know. Oh <laughs> whoa. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> unique take. <laughs> I think I just like
2: I don't know. Genuinely
0: appreciate conversations too. Yeah. So it's just like been trying to figure out how to do that the best way. I guess. Totally. And like, I was talking about my with my cousin about this recently, and he was kind of having this revelation about playing live music, and it's just like. I think a big part of it is just not feeling like it needs, like, I don't need this conversation to be perfect. Like, yeah. I just need to enjoy it. Especially, you know, I mean, you and really that's st- hard to do it. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to get out of your own way. Totally. With this, but you like, just
2: not be in the right mood. Sometimes.
0: Yeah. That's, that's also difficult, but there's so many, there's so many times where maybe I'm hoping someone's going to cancel. Mm. And then yes. it doesn't, it, they don't. Yeah. And then I show up to that thing. And I walk away from that experience being like, you know, this was the thing that like made my day better. Totally, This was the thing that like I was having a shitty day Yeah, and this is what filled my cup yeah. today. Yeah. And I can't believe that I was going to like wanting someone to bail
1: on it.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, people try to bring their best self to an interview, you know, it's like, it's like the, uh the Dalai Lama or something not to compare us to the Dalai Lama but like, <laughs> you know hes he goes uh, living his life like in a specific way where everybody's coming to him with a certain approach right and there's a certain level of like closeness that you can feel through doing an interview with somebody that is like a little delusional and kind of like not you know there's the the, just because you have like an amazingly deep conversation with somebody in an interview doesn't necessarily mean that we're now like best friends with each other (laughs) absolutely even though it kind of feels like yeah we just revealed it to each other so much um
0: i don't know i'm just i'm just continued to be like drawn back in by it though and yeah i think it's like it's a good exercise yeah also to just be like either whether it's like with strangers or like someone like you that I'm like slowly getting to know through other interactions, but we've never like hung out one-on-one. So it's like also just like a nice opportunity to to have that. Like, it's a good excuse for me to jump on the mics with you and get to know you more. Totally, If I'm going to be like around you more, it's like, it's also just like created a lot of like amazing friendships, like through doing this, like I've somehow like made friends, Friends with all of my favorite musicians in this city yeah because of doing this podcast
2: yeah yeah it's amazing yeah providing opportunities in general I mean that's something that has really grown in my life these days you know we have with the kind of backyard shows that we do and the podcast and finding that's that's another way I think into it's like I was saying earlier like if you want to be like a musician like playing shows like go out see shows if you want to get opportunities as a musician like learn how to give other people opportunities and you know that stuff just always that can't be for me like the driving force yeah but it's a natural byproduct of like thinking in that way is similarly with love you know like you can't be like I want love so I'm going to start kind of like (laughs) manipulatively kind of like (laughs) giving certain people love so that they love me back or something like that's not how it works yeah but um, if you when you do find the things where you can help other people along in those ways it's just the natural part of the process that it you know comes back around in some way at some point
0: yeah and i don't know for me i just like genuinely want to surround myself with other people that are attracted to that like creative fire too so like it's awesome when you get to do it with a bunch of people that you like respect heavily and are like heavily inspired by yeah and kind of get like a a close look into that
2: yeah and the podcast forces through new guests it forces you to keep having to expand. You know, you're not, it's not just the same people over and over right. again. You have to keep being like, okay, who's kind of next on this like circle that I'm building bigger and bigger. For
0: sure. I guess, uh, what I was initially like trying to dive into with the Honest Jams podcast yeah, yeah. is like,
2: <laughs> I've tried <to> how,
0: <laughs> how do you, do you feel like that's it's heavily, I mean, you're obviously like creating something weekly. Yeah. But like, has it heavily impacted the way you think about making music
2: oh it makes it's made songwriting on some level like trivial like i mean i got into it i knew i could do it because i would played 20 song games you ever played a 20 song game do you know what that is i'm not sure I do. it's it's uh the idea behind it um I was actually trying to th- find the inventor of it I, I think i found him and maybe invite him on the podcast but <laughs> some kids invented it as a you know tool to kind of like break um like writer's block um and uh the idea behind it is you got 12 hours and you write 20 songs in 12 hours and usually you're doing it communally so then after the 12 hours you like share it with one another um and uh the, the I think they it started maybe as kind of like an exercise in actually making 20 songs, but nowadays the way most people play it, like it doesn't really matter how many songs you make so much as it's about kind of like forcing yourself to just create stuff, like have finished things that you created for um, that length of time. And finishing stuff, I think, is kind of one of the main things that people struggle with the most. They, they think it's like unchanging if it's finished or something like that, and that's just never... My experience with any of that stuff. Even when you go into the studio and record a song, you know, like the moment you start touring and playing it on stage, like the feel of it changes a little yeah. bit, or you, or you, or you all of a sudden like hear it in a different way. So it just kind of feels a little different, even if you're you playing f- the same parts. Yeah, you know,
0: you figure it out differently.
2: Yeah. Um, so, uh, removing that kind of like perfectionism of it having to be one thing. And then also, like I was saying earlier, like streamlining my process, understanding my gear and what I got going on so that I can just like work quickly so that when I have ideas, it just kind of like is able to be recorded real quick. Um, all of those parts of the process, I just feel like I understand how to do them f- fairly well at this point. And so I c- I know that if I just sit down and put down ideas, that i'll have something at the end and i just don't give a fuck if it's good or not basically is what that's my approach with it especially with i mean you it's like you were saying i think it was on mike with the podcast like if you if you just don't focus on whether or not it's good that doesn't mean you don't care about quality yeah or anything like that but it, they can't all be the best right right so it, 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 what am i even comparing that level of goodness to i don't even know um and uh So, so I just remove that part of the equation out of it and I just create what feels like instinctual in the moment. And I know from the experience of like playing those 20 song games or whatever, that I can do it very quickly under the right constraints. Um, So yeah, I, whatever, I know whatever amount of time I have that week, if, if it's an hour or then I'll take an hour to make the song, if it's, you know. 40 hours i'll take that or whatever let it kind of meander a little bit more maybe in the process but um i know something i know i'm capable of doing it and frankly i know that everybody is capable of doing it like i know that all it takes to make something is to be willing to make something bad yeah for sure (laughs) and be okay with it being bad and then if you make a lot of them first of all the likelihood that what you make will be bad decreases over time i'm more likely to make something that i like now than when i first started writing stuff and um second of all the significance of it being bad matters less because there's a bunch of good shit that i made also so it doesn't have to be like representative of me in any yeah. way it's just like this one thing that I made this one time you know yeah
0: it's so easy to be critical of yourself obviously like that's yeah. like the bit like one of the big barriers for any creator and I just have to like put that shit in perspective for myself sometimes it's like hey you don't like every episode of your favorite podcast no so <laughs> it's okay yeah. if you like, don't like every there's Bob one that, Dylan song yeah it's okay if it feels like one of them's like a flop or something like and for sure and i think Some like people
2: are horrible interviews
0: <laughs> and i think like hopefully i think i've gotten to a point where like i always feel like pretty good yeah about one totally or like about maybe even the ones that i feel like are not the best i, I still like once it's put together i'm like this is still like a decent listen you know maybe yeah. and it's just, like I don't know. It's that imposter syndrome too of just like exactly. sometimes I'm done with one and I feel like I'm the greatest person <laughs> in the world at this. Totally. And sometimes I finish one that I have very high expectations for maybe. And, and usually it has right. to do with the, maybe the status right. of that person. Yeah, And I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Like, do you know how to? (laughs) They're hungover, or it's like me. (laughs) I'm hungover. Just like, do I know how to do this? Like, you know, totally. It's it's just so funny that when they
2: finish that sentence, and you're just like. What do, what do I say? What do I ask next? what do yeah. I ask next. Yeah. I'm just
0: like, I'm um, having, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm having actually a computer issue.
1: <laughs> oh, never. <laughs> I, did, I did that nice. once.
0: I did that one time just where to think I just like paused and like, Amazing. I just like completely blanked out. And I was just like, I'm having a computer issue right now.
2: Being comfortable <laughs> with silence as an interview is one of the fucking hardest thing. I always want to just like jump in right away, fill the space, like push the conversation along. But sometimes you wait for a person and all of a sudden they really bring out the thing that really matters. Yeah. Know? Yeah,
0: there's a whole art to that, too, because, like, everybody is going to, you know, speak to you differently. Yeah. Like, getting in tune with, like, what their rhythm is for things like that, because you do want to, like, your natural instinct is to, like fill that space yeah
2: especially when I've had a lot of caffeine today. that really does it to me I'm like why I'm talking so fast on this podcast
0: I feel like that's the intro to the podcast sometimes where I'm just like all right that's really (laughs) hard that
2: that voiceover work just like by your that's where you really get into like the mic work you're like what is what the character that is me what is this person? right
0: right (laughs) just turning it on what's happening everybody (laughs) it's like oh this is the same every time yeah <laughs> somehow, somehow yeah. i'm tapping into this thing
2: <laughs> what, uh, what you're saying too about the um or what we were talking about about kind of like it being good or bad it's similar to recording music where what we're saying about kind of like perspective too like i will often be so critical of myself like in the interview process and like i'll think like i'll have an i'll do an interview and then i'll think about it later and i'm like oh that one part there was just like such this like large awkward pause in it or something like that and i'll listen back to it like while i'm editing it i'm like this doesn't feel weird Absolutely. in any way it's just what happens in your head just like slows down time in a weird way or just something over analyzing shit yeah and rather than being present in the moment
0: yeah it's hard it's hard to it's hard to do that sometimes i think too when you're trying to you're trying to listen but you're also trying to lead a conversation in some way right
2: yeah it's like you have an agenda
0: yeah it's like
2: probably the best episodes as much (laughs) away from that agenda as possible
0: (laughs) the best episodes are probably the one where like i don't have to like look at my notes very often yeah you know
1: exactly because
0: like i think it's like probably important for you know i'm not going to remember every single song title probably Mm. oh yeah like it's helpful for (laughs) that but right. yeah, I think a big part of it, though, is like letting go of the agenda that maybe
2: you had. It's yes. just like what's being present. If my, notes, conversation if my
0: notes are broader, that's a better situation Yeah, <laughs> where like if I'm trying to like lead something directly where we're just going to like hammer into this record and yeah. like, get into all these details that maybe aren't like super necessary.
2: And you're just thinking about like how to get them back <laughs> into that yeah. thing that you really wanted to talk about rather than thinking about what they're actually saying.
0: Yeah. But also stupid because it's like going back to the perfection thing. It's like how many conversations have you had like in real life with somebody that's just like perfect that doesn't have like this weird like totally. lull or like this yeah. part uh, where like I you have to aren't go to the bathroom. sick, yeah, or like <laughs> this these times where you you know you're sitting in the car and there is 15 minutes of silence, like you're not yeah. just like always yeah like talking with somebody and totally you know, you can, you can create some of that magic in post and like for for those awkward moments, (laughs) you know, especially like (laughs) we were talking about with the, you know, doing stuff over zoom or like Mm -hmm. the video shit is like, you have to account for some of those things to like, make it feel enjoyable to listen to. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think I'm trying, I'm trying to get further and further away from like walking into something and being like, it has to be this. It's just like, let's have the chat and like it'll all shake out however it does and yeah like if we talk about something unnecessary for 20 minutes we can just like remove that totally. like we don't have to like make that a part of the thing and make it feel like yeah that was a sh- really shitty part i didn't like feel like that offered anything yeah and, like
2: yeah yeah i'm really influenced by I, I have a degree in music therapy and uh so i had a little bit of education in you know psychology and stuff like that and i really like some of those humanist psychologists and there's this guy carl rogers who's kind of this start of that movement and uh there's a kind of famous psych 101 video that people usually watch that um is this woman being treated by like three different branches of like people from three different branches of psychology uh i think it's a behavioralist a humanist and uh Uh, gestalt therapist and uh carl rogers talks about kind of that that presence that we were just talking about when you know doing therapy and oftentimes i think he says in that that uh the presence sometimes actually um it makes it so that you don't necessarily like even remember what happens you know like like when you're on stage and it's just like you don't even know the show's just all of a sudden over like it yeah. started and you're like two songs in and then all of a sudden the show's done or something like that it's like that it's like you're you're so in the flow in the moment you know that you're just kind of like going with it's the thing happening. that's natural yeah yeah
0: because you have like that some of that educational background does that make you think differently about the music that you're you're putting out or the way it's being communicated
2: i think music therapy sometimes people think of uh, when they hear that they think i mean i don't i don't do that right now in my life but um as a profession but i i think a lot of times people think it's like prescriptive or something like that where it's like okay you're having an issue like go listen to some mozart and that'll like change you in a certain (laughs) way or something like that um it's not quite it and but i've always thought about music as um this kind of like spell especially in a public performance like a spell that's being cast over the space that um is transforming the space um and like i was saying earlier like my kind of ideal of what that is doing in the moment is um lifting other people towards self-actualization it's a lofty goal but it but it for, for me it is true that that's what it's doing like internally like i i feel so present and so much myself like on stage and that that's the main practice that i'm going for and yeah the the uh, on some level the goal of that is to transform the entire space into that yeah you're one of these shoes off people the performance <laughs> too that's a comfort thing <laughs> uh, you know it feels a lot more grounded to yeah. do that or if uh, i played a little drums recently so playing i've usually played drums without shoes so this is a con- convenience also but you can notice the difference though <laughs> i it's it maybe it's just more of a ritual these days okay. or something of like this is now the person that i am on stage you know it feels like there's maybe partial partially there's a social taboo against having shoes off in public in, <laughs> in a venue or something yeah. so it, there's a it yeah there's a transformational <laughs> yeah. process to it i think on some i don't know you know sometimes i'll forget or if it's wet you know yeah. <laughs> a lot of beer on the stage i might not do it but um it's it, i feel more connected to the ground and so much of being present is being connected to my body mm. um and so th- th- that's the main reason that i do it is so that i can kind of like stay in that kind of like power the whole time
0: is there other things that are helpful for you kind of maintaining that, that presence and like really connecting with your body? Cause I think that's like something that a lot of people struggle yeah. with or even just like, you
2: mean just like generally or
0: just like even or acknowledging that, like I guess on stage, like if there's anything that like helps you like yes. slip in to that zone. Cause like so much of it seems like it's mental, yeah. You know? but right. it like the other big part of it is that like, it's the connectivity to feeling like you're in the body yeah, as it's, well. It's
2: mental, but it's, I don't want to be thinking. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the presence, I mean, I, I think I've cultivated that presence, I would say through uh, meditation in my life, um, which is kind of translated more into like a broader way of being. Um, just in general, it's a priority for me to... Um, remember that i'm like that level of of presence you know like not being completely just like lost in thought the whole time um and partially i think to deal with uh, i've had a lot of anxiety and depression my entire life and like this stuff around death has very intensely affected that and at some point i had to learn to be present with those things you know like everything has like dissipates over time you know um emotions whatever everything passes eventually and it prolongs them to be caught up in them unthinkingly unthinkingly without presence you know um and so i think on some level there's it's a coping mechanism that i've learned that coping mechanism of presence as a result of kind of like having that anxiety ridden internal landscape. So, so I've carried that practice into my life. And then uh, I studied this thing called the Alexander technique for a while. Have you ever heard of that? This guy, um, uh, this Australian guy in uh, the early 1900s was an actor and his voice was kind of, um, every time he, uh, acted he realized that that his like voice was getting all fucked up and like he was like destroying his voice and he's trying to figure out how to do that and um kind of developed these like internal instructions that you give yourself about how you are aware of your body um that is kind of it's designed to move through the world with like a sense of ease and freedom um and I think that learning to have that inside of yourself um allows for uh, you know the tension is where all the emotion seems to get stuck and so allowing it to like flow out of me into the things that I'm creating um it helps me to have that presence and feel like the most authentic version of myself because I'm not feeling stuck yeah. in that way.
0: You have like this space to like lean into that tension and like a place to put it.
2: Yes. For yeah, sure. yeah. 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 And, and then in general, and then playing with other people, like connecting with them on stage, whether or not, you know, it's interesting. Cause it's like, sometimes it's really intense if you're just like staring at each other while yeah. you're like playing music together or something and it's it, it almost takes you out of it in some ways of actually like making the music but yeah finding ways to connect with the people you're playing with in whatever ways that is for, for you
0: yeah i was gonna ask you about that because i know that you you play with quite a few other people mm-hmm. whether well, you know whether it's like recording or like doing live performances, does that feel like a much different space for you when you are more of a role player opposed yeah. to when you are the center of it all?
2: Yeah, I, I it's different in that in my responsibility to the group. Um, you know, there I don't really uh, I'm a pretty non-hierarchical guy in many ways, but you know, the, a a musical piece often has hierarchy in the sense that, um, certain things feel like they're supporting other things and being a primary songwriter that uses voice. Oftentimes voice is obviously like the primary thing that is looking to be expressed, not always, but sometimes or most of the time. And, um, so there's the responsibility to be able to kind of like carry a song through your voice that I think is a different sort of pressure but I but I pretty much treat them all the same. There, there's also a certain level of um, not every performer does this once again, but oftentimes the person communicating the song in that way is also the one kind of like directly responsible for interfacing with the audience. Like even like th- if you're just talking through the song, so that there's just a little bit more of that responsibility. But I I honestly don't really feel less responsible when I'm a backing person either. Like. In fact, I give myself much more leeway to fuck up on my own songs than I do on other people's songs. That makes sense. But I, I, it's an invaluable part of my musicianship to be in that role because it's just, it's like I was saying earlier with like creating opportunities for other people, like supporting other people is a part of like self-expression and love and all those things. And it's, it's just like to, to be able to help somebody else make their vision come true is like, uh, it's it's i don't in many ways more important to me than the other you know doing doing it for myself like i mean i I would like both things to like rise in my life as much as possible you know but um it's i couldn't imagine only doing one
0: yeah i would imagine that just like also i don't know probably gives you uh It's nice to maybe have some space away from your own Mm -hmm. creative project in some way. Oh, you learn so much. Yeah. Bring things that, you know, you do learn from other experiences and bring it into your your own art.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier about having bandmates play the parts in whatever way they want, like You learn so much from the way somebody else writes a song, the feeling that they want incorporated in their song, the instrumentation of somebody else's songs or the just the individual. It's so individual music, you know, like it's the way that your body pulls on the bow. You know, it's like it is it's such a personal thing. And, you know, voice is kind of the the, the most personal element of that because it's whatever sounds your body makes is going to be unique to you. But every instrument is that way where it's like you're getting the direct feeling of like how another person's body is like creating sound like that's it's deep shit. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I would imagine even just like the way that they communicate how Mm. they want the music played within the group like in rehearsals and whatnot. You get to see how other people kind of operate
2: in that space. Totally. Once again, what like what is accessible to you? You know, sometimes it feels like. You're overstepping certain boundaries and then you see somebody else be like, ask it (laughs) in a certain way that works or something. And you're like, oh, I can, this is how I can communicate an idea that is like effective. It doesn't, you know, people oftentimes in bands will get caught up in like arguing about what part is right or whatever, like what's the best thing to do in this moment. It's, it's very, I've never been that kind of person. It's really interesting being in that dynamic sometimes and being like, we could just try it and see which one is better <laughs> you know for sure rather than just like talking about like <laughs> which what we should be doing let's just like tr- try out some things and see what we like the most
0: yeah because everybody's gonna know probably yeah, like what the always. truest thing is it's when, once that it's way. there yeah at this point well, and maybe you've already like touched on some of these things yeah. throughout the conversation but where you're at with lighthouse collider from like where you started this saroon project Mm. where do you like see the most growth within yourself creatively or just like as a person trying to communicate these ideas and your your thoughts
2: yeah i you know like in in many ways i feel like i'm like the same as my five-year-old self (laughs) like I, i don't know exactly how to explain that but like I, like I was saying earlier, like my musical expression, I've never been particularly self conscious about anything, either than like the amount of people that are like receiving it in a positive way. Um, doing it for myself has always felt really natural. And this is just like a natural extension of that. Where I feel like I'm at right now with my output is that I'm much closer like music putting out music is one of the most frustrating processes for every musician because you make something maybe maybe you uh, maybe it goes like this maybe you make a demo of something then like a year if you're lucky later you like record a final version then a year if you're lucky you put out the record of the thing (laughs) right that's fucking two years after you created the thing like you are not the same despite what I was saying earlier like you're not the same person in that process and I feel like where I'm at with that stuff which isn't the most marketable thing you know I'm not providing much scarcity (laughs) for my music but it's uh I'm much closer to the conception of the art itself um to when it comes out um which for a person like me that is prolific and um working in this like quick fashion um feels really fulfilling because it feels like I can I don't have this kind of like backlog of stuff that I'm kind of waiting to put out um and my music is much closer it's it's just so much easier to talk about music and care about it when it's still the same feelings Mm. that you're having about it. You know, it's not, I mean, it's, it's not the same, like some of these songs were written years and years ago, so it's not exactly that way, but, um, it's, I'm fairly close to at least when I made the record that I'm releasing this. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I have much to learn in the, you know, that other realm of whatever marketing and, and that kind of stuff and navigating that world. Um, but I have, I would say the most confidence that I've ever had to just keep making art and putting it out and not, you know, I, I'm very, um, like I, I do the things you're supposed to do, you know, for PR and all, all that. I play the game, you know, Yeah. Um, but it impacts me less and less that especially the approval from like media and stuff like that. And I'm much more focused on like, how do I create a um, experience of playing the music? Well, first of all, a record that I like, like hearing and like playing and stuff like that. And then second of all, like how do I then create an experience of playing the music that I find fulfilling, like around actual people in the real world together where we're like communing with the music? Cause that's really the, the most important part of music for me is kind of like maybe maybe not the most important but uh, at least a very large reason that i play music is for that communion with the crowd and mm. um their reaction to it so focusing much more on that than you know how many likes you get on yeah. a social media posts or something for like sure. that.
0: for <laughs> sure ah, it's a rough game to be playing i'll tell you what <laughs> it first of all we're all fighting against algorithms <laughs> yeah. and yeah. yeah it's a it's a mess
2: yeah yeah so i care less about it these days and um make an effort to you know yeah play the game like put it all out there and in, in the ways that so people can find it and not hide yeah from that and you know declare my that my passion is real for this thing and in all those the ways that matter um and then in reality you know connect with the people that come out to my shows and that yeah. kind of thing
0: is there also like uh an element of uh validation for you in some way the caliber or the people the musicians that like choose to play with you or like that participate on a project just i don't know like just people like ryan or yeah. or lily who are like yeah amazing playing on the record like yeah amazing musicians yeah. And, and every like, single person on the record so is amazing like is that help in some way to know that these people like want to be a part of it or you know that like these are the type of people asking you to play in their projects also
1: i
2: that's complicated because the reason it's satisfying to play with those people is because i like them and they're great musicians yeah um but the I, the reason that I asked them to be a part of it was just because those were the ones that I thought of to be a part of it in the moment and the their caliber status in the world the, they, they were just the people in my orbit at the time you know um and I was lucky enough for that to be the case so I, I'm so egalitarian with music that it doesn't that, that part of it doesn't really influence my decisions around like who I want to be a part of my thing. But I don't know. I don't know exactly how to answer the question because it, it makes me feel good because I think they're great people and I yeah. like interacting with them. And um, that's the thing that matters the most and they seem to like doing it, you For know? Sure. Um, but you never really, I, you know... I have a huge amount of that imposter syndrome thing too, where it's like, you never know, you know, what somebody else actually thinks about stuff. So I'm constantly being like, Oh, they're just like being nice or something like that. Or, you know, like, it's just like that I'm, I'm never quite like giving myself credit for like making those things happen in the world. Um, But I'm, Incredibly grateful for all those people for being a part of everything and and yeah the 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 caliber I don't I don't know I just I I definitely picked them because of how amazing of musicians they were absolutely but I uh yeah I don't know exactly how to answer the question well I think it's also hopefully like <laughs> as you know
0: as we get older it's like a a real recognizes real thing as uh-huh. far as like the people you want in that room and yeah. the people that want to participate in your your project yeah. you know. or the people that are asking you to play with them
2: i was and able to pay the money too which is yeah. nice i got a rat grant to the regional arts nice. and uh, uh something council regional regional arts and something council what is this other thing? i don't know the regional
0: i'm just happy that someone's getting arts. this money to to make music. Yeah. What
2: is it? Yeah, I, I can't think of it. Anyway, I got a local grant um, to make the record. Yeah, I didn't figure out how to pay myself for the thing, but I was very happy to uh, pay everybody else m- m- much more than I would have been able to pay otherwise and much less than I think they're actually worth. But that that's another thing that's interesting with the music community is just kind of trying to spread that thing around. I, I really more and more i'm I'm disappointed with the way the music economy works especially on a city level and you know the main responsibility i think for that falls a lot in venues hands who are Mm. not um, being as equitable as i think they should be especially with the musicians you know they we have to pay everybody else's um incomes before we get any sort of guarantee of income it's hard it's, it's ridiculous not, in many ways. I mean, the, in my mind, venues should be subsidizing musicians that don't draw as well with musicians that um, draw a ton because they're making exorbitant amount of money on alcohol sales and things of that nature um, and not taking huge cuts of the door and that kind of thing. But um, it, I, I think maybe I'm just more in the, the, the uh, in that socialist side of things where I really love just like spreading that money back into the community into the people like it would be amazing if all of a sudden like we had all these people in portland that were able to make a living playing music on a local level like that is in my mind the dream and like the most vibrant community we could hope for is one where people are actually like just they don't have to even tour like just by being engaged in the local community they could actually like make a living that would be incredible
0: and not having to do it by playing like three hour winery sets every day exactly
2: (laughs) and i think venues have a lot of power in that if they want to give up some of their profits to their the people at the top for sure
0: (laughs) well i uh yeah i appreciate the songwriting and the arrangements on the the lightning collider record quite a bit it's uh it definitely for me like offers the the front to back experience mm, and you know it nice. feels like a psychedelic trip nice often you know yeah. or with just, it's also
2: not that long so it's manageable
0: right yeah <laughs> it is manageable and but there is uh yeah i think um i want to play the episode out with collider cool which i think going back to what we were talking about as far as maybe not having a bunch of takes yeah when i first heard this song i felt like this somehow captured like i obviously was not in the room when you made the demo for this song but i felt like it like i don't know if it was just like vocally but it felt like it captured the energy of a demo like it's like that magic of that initial idea
2: one take to to a tape machine (laughs) yeah guitar and vocal at the same time
0: and i feel like that
2: friends katie and luke from the hackles sing harmony on it on their own so
0: yeah it just like it felt like it communicated that way like that initial energy. was like alive in the track. And just the way like speaking to uh, the tension on the record, that one follows Natural Disaster, Mm -hmm. which is like such a a heavy song. Yeah, And then you get like this beautiful Collider song to follow that. And I think that that's like, really maybe like where you miss if you only listen to collider on its own like yeah, you yeah. don't you don't get the context for like where it came from
2: yeah yeah thanks for saying that i i definitely fully that's it's all designed that way so yeah <laughs> i'm glad that that reads and that you took the time to listen to it all in that way <laughs> for sure yeah thank you for sending it to me
0: <laughs> and uh yeah appreciate you you jumping on the mics Hell and yeah. getting to like learn a little bit more where you're your music comes from and yeah. the foundation for it all and i i think also like you can tell in the music it, there's a deep level of thought that goes into it and i think that you know Too much it thought. makes no not too much thought and it like well, too makes, much
2: thinking i think i feel
0: like it makes sense like in having the conversation with you yeah. to know that like but i'm
2: just a spaz no
0: there's just like a lot of thought happening behind everything and i'm also in my head all day
1: anxiety uh
0: we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show which yeah. is it's a program okay so if we could get however you know,
2: want, somehow I think I maybe have not listened to the very end of a podcast of it's, yours, maybe. It's fine. It's, <laughs> you know, it's not expected. Yeah. <laughs> I've listened to a bunch of episodes, but I think maybe I haven't gotten to the very end.
0: It means nothing. Yeah. You can deliver it however you want. It's just a goofy way that we end the show and the it. way that my, my grandfather always says mm. um, Wait, pro, from? from California. Oh, it feels like a Chicago thing. Or yeah, something. I don't know. Like, there just seems to be this maybe a generation of people that mm. instead of like whenever he talks about the news he talks about it as or like any tv show he talks about it as like a program mm. but he always pronounces it program so like oh yeah. we're gonna watch the news program news and it's program. like nice. i don't know so it means absolutely nothing I but it's it. just the way that we end the show so okay. if we can get you know the saroon it's a program we can uh, properly end this thing it's
2: a program
0: that's hey, a all everybody Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're playing it out with Collider off that, uh, the lighthouse Collider record. Yeah. And it's collide. The last is is it is Collider. Yeah. All right. I had it right the first time. Yeah. I second guessed myself. <laughs> I got in my head about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's <laughs>
2: a cassette. It's a coming out on cassette also. That,
0: oh, right on. Yeah. Well, I'll put all the links in the episode notes so people can uh, keep up with you. And that's the Jelly Jams. And we will catch you on the flip side, Portland, or wherever you are listening from.
2: Cool. Thanks, Dan. We
1: did it. Yeah. Sick of myself, my big idea am sick of my life for nothing I sit in the square with my eyes closed Feel it coming You always imagine me so fit and thin take for granted. Going to work each day to make ends meet in the days when we forgot the planet. want
0: to give a big shout out to distro kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast can't say thank you enough to distro kid for their longtime support of this thing make sure you go into the episode notes and find that distro kid link to receive 30 percent off your first year of membership making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you so make sure you take advantage of that you can also find the link in my link tree in my instagram bio Big thanks to Distro Kid and the other sponsors of the show, Produce Row Cafe and North 45. Stay up, stay tuned.